Welcome to the Fast Lane. Nick Miles is our auto expert. So drop it into gear. You've got a green flag. Here's Nick. This week uh, has been a massive amount of uh, work. A year's worth of work going into creating this week's show. Um, everyone's in the studio, or, well, sort of everyone. Jen's on vacation this week. Ryan's here. Uh, Megan's uh, off today. But we have a couple of guys in the studio, or three guys in the studio. We have the Cruz Brothers and Pat from Wheelcraft. They're from Hard Notch Customs, um, who have helped us put together an amazing vehicle that is going to be revealed, or is is on the floor at SEMA this year. Uh, this is sort of a super long story about how we created this vehicle, but it's taken about a year to create. Uh, I was having dinner at CES uh, last year, and I happened to sit next to a guy called Michael Bunce. And Michael is the, the uh, vice president at Nissan. And I said, you know, there's a hurricane going on right now. And, and when the hurricanes happen, you guys get lots of requests for vehicles. And they're like, yeah, we get like phone calls from journalists. Can we rescue these uh, farm animals? Can you come and help these guys move out of their house? And we send all the trucks we can, but we just don't have a fleet like of trucks that can go rescue. And so I said, you know, what would be a really good idea if we just built a truck or maybe 50 of them that we could send down there and rescue, let's say, animals. And he said, great, I'll send you a truck. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> if only buying cars or getting cars for charity. So we had to go out and form a charity. And then we had to find uh, a bunch of people who were like-minded for us and thought, hey, there'll be something really fun in this. It would be good. We'll show it at SEMA in 2018. We'll put the vehicle on the floor. Um, so I, I got in touch with the guys over uh, in Vancouver, uh, Pat at Wheelcraft and, and the Cruz brothers, and we uh, convinced them. I think they weren't didn't really know what they were getting into, but we convinced them to get involved in this project and build an animal rescue rig. So you can actually find out a little bit more about the charity at animalrescuerigs.com. We formed this charity, we put it together, and uh, a whole year's worth of work, pretty close to a year, is going to be unveiled on the floor of uh, SEMA this year as a concept. And then the final vehicle will be shown. Uh, it'll be in the in the Portland Auto Show coming up uh, later in the year when the final vehicle is put together. So that's kind of the background on this. And today's show is pretty much dedicated to this truck. So if you uh, if you're a truck guy and you have a truck and you uh, like to do lots of fun stuff to it, this is definitely the show to listen to because um, these guys had a blank canvas basically. So, do you, do you guys remember how it started? I mean, you the, you guys came up with a with a concept that you sent me a picture, right, of the truck. Uh, yeah, we got together with our marketing department, and uh, you know, half of SEMA is the the work ahead of it. You know, um, getting the rendering, getting the concepts, the ideas. Uh, also, you know, a lot of the vendors and stuff that we want to you know focus you know and use on on the project. And uh, so, yeah, our marketing department kind of got together. We figured out what we, um, you know, what they're looking for as far as the capabilities of the vehicle. Uh, they came up with a great rendering, uh, the boys over at Fiction. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we went from there and kind of hit the ground running. So it was just a picture, really, yeah. that we had to sort of design the truck off of. Yep, exactly. Uh, and, and so in your normal everyday life, I mean, when you run at Hard Notch, what, what, you just get trucks in there and you, you do this to them, or it's not quite as complicated as this. You, you do, uh, sort of powder coated bumpers and specialist bumpers at, 
right? Yeah, yeah. Siemens always seems to be a little bit more uh, overcomplicated. You know, it's just a it's a more all around complete picture. You know, every aspect of it. Um, you know, where people come in our shop, you know, we're we manufacture everything in house. You know, so. Uh, they come in with kind of what they're looking for, you know, whether they're looking for a hunting rig or an outlander rig or stuff like that. Then we, we kind of point them in the direction and, and show them some of the products that we, we actually manufacture, you know, to help them, uh, you know, complete their, the vision of their truck. So they have an idea and then you have to make it come to, to life. Exactly. Exactly. Within, you know, the kind of confines of, you know, what we do, you know, we, we're really hard on, you know, hundred percent custom, you know, we do everything in house, you know, everything like people's trucks basically show up, you know, as sheet steel at our shop, you know, then we laser cut it, CNC bend it, you know, weld it, grind it, uh, you know, add our brush guard options. Paddock, uh, you have an on-site powder coating, yeah, right? Yeah, we've got a big powder coat oven, so we sandblast it all out, add our epoxy primer, then uh, then powder coat from there and rocking and rolling, slapping on rigs. So quite a lot of times, it's not an off-the-shelf product. They don't walk in and go, well, that looks good. Stick it on my truck. <laughs> no, not so much. Uh, we kind of focus on the custom side of it. Uh, you know, we're not, you know, audacious enough to kind of try to tell them what we think their truck should look like. We, we give them the options to kind of figure out what works for them, you know, because some people's, you know, ideas don't work for all applications. So, you know, we got five different brush guard options. We have a, a light duty option you know we're just set up for lighting options and we have our big winch you know versions then you know our big moose knuckle sandwich brush guards which you know we run on a lot of uh like bpa line trucks and, and stuff like that so the big heavy duty you know uh brush clearing rigs and stuff like that now you probably go through i would say more steel than some small countries yeah. because i have seen <laughs> i mean those bumpers but how many do you have to winch them on because they are heavy yeah you know we kind of found a little sweet spot of it you know it, it is Heavy built bumpers, you know, it's all three sixteenths on the body, then cordon and mounting brackets, and you know they're all rated up to sixteen thousand five hundred pound winches. But uh, you know, we kind of found that sweet spot, you know, where it's like we got the strength, we got the function. You know, we have we have a bumper in our showroom that was in a forty five mile an hour T bone accident, and we uh, we well, bought. I'd like it. to see the other vehicle. Oh, I couldn't even <laughs> tell you what it was. <laughs> but we ended up, you know, buying it back, you know, just because like it still fell within specs to ship out new, even after that was, you know, and the main thing was, you know. The customer, you know, walked away from, you know, a pretty substantial accident, you know, so not only do they have the protection, but they have some more functionality and stuff in there as well. Yeah, uh, we went to, Ryan and I went to Ken Block's garage recently. Oh, nice. And, uh, in Utah. And on the wall, uh, they showed us, this, he has this, like, whole rack of broken parts. <laughs> stuff that, like, he's busted. Like, yeah. You know, like, like breaks, like, split in half and all this sort of really, really, really cool stuff. Adult trophy room. Yeah, you know? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there's probably very little of that to go on your wall, isn't it? Because the other car is what broke. Exactly, exactly. You know, but we, you know, we get a lot of customers that will send us pictures, you know, and kind of, like, little thank you notes and stuff. They're like, Hey, you know, we got a big accident. <laughs> you and know, the, we and just your saved me. Exactly. Uh, remind us of the website so I can send people there to uh, to check out some of the pictures. Uh, www.hncusa.com. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to talk to Pat a little bit about uh, his idea for this. But uh, this hour is probably going to be fun because we're going to get to talk about oh, guy stuff and winching <laughs> bumpers and heavy manly things. That's coming up on our auto expert. Uh, we're talking about our special SEMA truck, which is on the floor at SEMA in Las Vegas. Keep listening. More of our auto expert with Nick Miles is coming up. 
your engines and you're off. Back to our auto expert with Nick Miles. This whole show dedicated to talking about the truck that we've been building over the last one. Well, not that I did a lot of work. I did a lot of paper pushing. Uh, we've been putting together this truck called the Pause One. P-A-W-S Pause One. It's a concept to be revealed at SEMA, uh, on the floor at SEMA in the Nissan booth. And you can go uh, see it. So the guys uh, in studio, the Cruz brothers from Hard Notch Customs and Pat from Wheelcraft, so, <clears throat> Pat, when they told you that they had a six-and-a-half-inch lift on the truck, that presents some problems for you? To a degree, yeah. Uh, our typical customer comes in like theirs does, gives us an idea of what they want, and then we have, uh, we'll take a little bit of time to usually take the stock wheels and do something interesting with them, personalize them to the car. Um, this rig, I kind of knew that once we had the lift on, there was a good chance, a, pr- a high probability, actually, that the stock wheels weren't going to work on this rig anymore. So we started looking for something from the aftermarket, uh, which is not typical for us, but uh, it was kind of a fun challenge. And you came up with something that was pretty cool. Uh, did you color it? Because it now the, the base truck color was red. Right. And the wheels, you reflected that in the wheels as well. Well, we did. We took a set of um, TSWs, the Black Rhino brand wheel, um, Went through their catalog and found a really neat uh, set of wheels. I just thought that the design was going to kind of be cool with this particular rig. Um, and it also had a couple of spots on it that lended itself to be customized or personalized rather than just having another set of factory, if you will, aftermarket wheels right. on a truck. And so you you painted it red. And, and the wheels, uh, I know that there was quite a lot of uh, difficulty because... The truck had to be shipped several different places on a flatbed, didn't it, guys? Before you, uh, before Pat got to put the wheels on. Yeah, I made the <laughs> made the rounds for sure. <laughs> um, and then Pat putting the wheels on. So when when you got the vehicle, was there was no wheels on it, right? Well, they had, had to put the factory wheels back on it with some huge spacers just to get them to fit. Oh, because so, lift couldn't drive it right with the factory no. wheels. Nope. We no. weren't crazy yeah. about. I'm not a fan of spacers when they don't don't need to be used. And so we, again, the, the aftermarket wheels help solve the, the need for a spacer. And then did you actually, once you put the wheels on, do you go drive it a little bit, make sure it rub or? Yes. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, I, I just want to check before I, you know, if we get a chance to drive this truck, <laughs> someone's driven it, it hasn't just sat in the shop. <laughs> yeah, it did rub a little bit, but that was because there was still some factory um, plastic flares and stuff on it. And the way that those fit uh, didn't allow for so we were really careful bringing the truck back over to Hard Notch so that when they put the flares on and their bumper also gave a lot more clearance to the tires. Yeah, I'm I'm five foot four, right? So getting into anything that's slightly large <laughs> is a challenge. Do, do I need a step? Do we have to have one of those plastic step stools from Walmart? Yeah. <laughs> I'd recommend it, yeah. Perhaps we can like, tie a, ro- a, a rope around one of the pool handles. <laughs> I can just like shimmy up the Perfect. side of the truck. The, this is actually the third vehicle, vehicle that we've done as a team. Uh, the first one we did in 2015 was a Land, the Land Rover. I know it wasn't fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Fourteen or fifteen. So we did that. We did a Land Rover, which was kind of our uh, like a, a luxury pet vehicle, and we worked with you guys on that. And that has that was the first time I met you was when I was um, on local TV, right? 
and you sprayed the wheel. I didn't even, you couldn't even do that. Like I was amazed that you could just take wheels and make them look because the, the trouble with my truck was it was gold at the time and uh, it had silver wheels and it just used to drive me nuts <laughs> having silver wheels on a gold vehicle. I think we blacked them out. You blacked time. them out, yeah. And <laughs> the cool thing is that you popped the center caps out um, the Land Rover center caps out and sprayed the wheels and popped them back in. And they look really good when you do right. that. They look right. really, really neat. Looked factory. And that was easy. So you just showed up at the TV station and you sprayed the wheels. Right. And you do that for anyone now, right? We don't do the color changes on site as much anymore um, because we know that the powder coating process that we use in our shop lasts better than a painted product. Wheels is the one thing that people change on their vehicles like the first thing. They buy a vehicle right. and they change the wheels, right? And but you don't really have to buy wheels now. You can you can sort of take the existing ones and you can go, hey, can you make them pretty? Right. So that's what we do at Wheelcraft and Wheelhouse. Um, our our that's our favorite thing to do. Um, we do a lot of we on-site wheel repairs for uh, auto dealerships and body shops and stuff around the the metro area. But when we have retail customers that have just purchased a new car through one of the local dealerships, and one of the things that is most popular to do is is just change the color on them and the most popular right now here in the northwest is black so we do a lot of um stripping repowder coating wheels black and then remounting and balancing and getting the car ready to go back for the dealerships the sexy thing to do with wheels right now is that like a gunmetal gray with the bronzing right and we're that, doing some of that kind of a pearl we call that black pearl yeah how does, how does that because you got sort of two colors in there. How do you get a wheel that has two colors? We put a base coat is black. It's a black powder. And then we have a uh, material that we buy from a specialty company. Uh, we just spray it on in an incredibly light coat. Got like misting? It just kind of mist it on, correct. And then uh, pow uh, powder coat clear it. And it gives you that black pearl effect. That, uh, I noticed that, and we'll see this, you know, you, you walk through the floor of SEMA, and you can see all of the, even, it's usually the small shops, the little guys that are setting the trends for the market. Because you, one year you'll go through and you'll see a small paint, a booth. I mean, the seems a huge show. 162,000 people visit 2,400 different displays there from, from, um, you know, uh, 3,000 different vendors. At, on the floor so it's it's crazy and if no if you're listening and you've never been to SEMA you almost you need one of those hats that has the water bottles in so you can hydrate <laughs> oh, for sure. it, it's yeah. it's hard like I I've been to CES before and CES the consumer electronics show in Vegas I thought there was nothing crazier than CES I mean hundreds and hundreds of people filming everything every product SEMA is very strange because a lot of the guys that go to SEMA tend to be 50 plus. So everything moves half the speed of CES. <laughs> a slow line. And the scooter, yeah, the scooter traffic is unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's, it's just one of those shows. I, I, we can laugh about it. The truth is these guys are spending money on these tribes. I mean, there's people okay. that spend absolutely crazy money, like hundreds of thousands of dollars. On, on vehicles, uh, this year people are unveiling vehicles that they plowed hundreds of thousands of dollars into yeah. SEMA. Um, there are parts from the absolute master mechanic to use on their vehicle to parts that I could actually bolt on to a vehicle. I mean, there's everything for every knowledge of mechanics. So when you talk about like uh, vehicles being displayed at SEMA, you see the little booth of a small paint shop that has a booth and they're doing stuff that I'm like, uh, 
I didn't know that was physically possible. Right. You remember when they, uh, probably about four or five years ago, they started to do all the designs on wheels, the dipping and that right, sort of thing. Right, right. And, and that, that came from like little shops, little shops who were doing dipping. And, and now the gunmetal colors, yeah. the gunmetal gray with the bronze and things, it was like little guys that were doing it. And now guess what? The new Chrysler 300 has those wheels on it coming right from the factory. Right. Everybody wow. is setting the trends at SEMA and those type of things. So when you took out, when you, when you took the uh, animal rescue rigs uh, vehicle, did you already know how big the wheels were? I mean, or do you have to work that out once the lift gets on? Well, we did the research with TSW helped us out a lot right. on this project. And um, we asked the guys at Hard Notch a lot of questions. We went over there and took a lot of measurements uh, ahead, of, ahead of time. And so you, so you knew what? You kind of knew it was going to need 35s when you got the... Well, how the, that's the tires, or how the wheels are what? Yeah, based off the rendering, you know, we kind of knew the, the look we were going for, you know, as far as the overall ride height and, and wheels and tire size and stuff like that. Then Is there, by the way, <clears throat> I have to ask this question, apart from, is the six and a half inches the biggest non-custom lift you can get? Uh, it's probably about one of the larger, like, you know, accessible lifts, you know, like there's some other ones out there, that, but they're a little bit more custom, but this is like an, I mean, I've been able to walk, I've walked yep. under trucks at SEMA, so oh, really, yeah. so, but that's yeah. sort of somebody, you know, crazy mad scientist in their shop did, but this so six and a half inches is about the biggest lift you can buy off the shelf, yep. right? Yeah, exactly. And then do you already knew, how big are the wheels on that? The wheels are 18. 18s. And we went with a 35, I believe, inch tall tire. Mm -hmm. um, we liked me, my, my own self personally, I like an 18. I like a little bit of sidewall on the tire. Let's go going with a really let's big. Let's catch wheel. up with that in the, in the second. I'm going to take a quick commercial break here. Okay. I want to find out and find out more about the wheels, and we're going to ask the guys if they'll ever do this with us again. I think I know the answer. <laughs> Stay tuned. There's more to come with Nick Miles. Jump right in and put the pedal to the floor. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. If you uh, want to keep up to date with the project we're talking about, you can go to um, animalrescuerigs.com. Uh, that's the website where eventually the pictures of this truck will be housed and you can see the vehicle. Uh, it's, it's on the floor of SEMA, so we're not going to show pictures of it we're not going to take it all away we're going to let you go to the website and uh, find those out and of course um, this will be an ongoing project I'm sure there'll be plenty of times this goes into service the idea of the truck that we put together was that in times of a hurricane in times of a natural disaster this truck could be lent to an existing animal rescue and then taken by them to rescue animals I started to see pictures, you know, obviously when I knew this was an issue, but started to see pictures of the sort of stuff that goes on in hurricanes. And it's horrific. There is a lot. So, so great, great Katrina is a great one because there's stats about Katrina everywhere because it was one of the most researched hurricanes. 600,000 animals were killed or displaced. Oh. And you have to think about that. So there's a lot of very disappointed families in there who will lose their pets. But but that's just a very small portion of it. There are families who are devastated because they lost their livestock. They lost their, they lost their horses. They lost their, their chickens. Oh, yeah. They lost, you know, they could be a commercial chicken farm. Um, I And this is a bit hard to listen to. But I happened to be at WGN in Chicago the other day doing a segment with the team over there. And the church, I don't know if you remember the church, uh, the band from the uh, 90s, 
were in there and I was talking to them about this and their, their road manager said, I own a horse farm in Florida and in the hurricane I watched my horses get sucked out the barn and killed. Just right in front That's of me. Horrible. Yeah. And, and you know, so the need for horse rescue and the fires in Southern California, the mudslide and these things is immense to rescue these animals because the first thing we do is rescue humans. Yeah. Well, yeah. we'd like to rescue humans. If we uh, accidentally rescue some humans in this truck, great. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, but if we, uh, if we can rescue uh, as many animals as possible, um, it's really difficult difficult to watch footage of a hunting kennel who locked all their beagles in the kennel and they flooded and these beagles were swimming in the water trying to keep their heads above the water locked in cages so that's the idea of this we we can lend this rig and i my dream would be we would have 50 of these uh you know i'm not sure we all want to go through putting 50 of them together <laughs> the first one out of the way so <laughs> so so my dream eventually would be uh, we would find sponsors and we build 50 of these vehicles and we keep them around the country and then when the emergencies came we could lend them to the SPCA in Dallas or we could lend them and so this is a good experiment for us I can't actually wait to get pause one on the road in some area that has a natural disaster and find out what we did really worked and what we didn't do and find out you know okay it's too tall or it's too short or it's you know we need to get the boat on and off the top yeah, right. easily. Uh, so right now, let's let's walk through the truck and talk a little bit about what we did and what you guys put together. So we started with a Nissan Titan XD, which was the base truck, and it was sort of red. Um, and then you, you did the rendering. So tell us a little bit about the rendering that you guys did. Uh, so we got with our marketing company, uh, Fiction in Portland, and uh, Scott, he kind of just heads, heads the project on it. And we kind of sat and had a meeting with them and, and told them, like, with the overall on the truck on, on what we're looking for as far as capabilities, uh, what the function of the vehicle is, uh, what works and what doesn't, you know, trying to define, you know, the overall role of it. Then um, from there, you know, we got together, got some good list of, of uh, equipment and stuff like that we think is is key key pieces to uh, to hit that function. Then uh, started going from there. We submitted it to, to all the powers that be, you know, make sure everybody's on the same page. Then... Um, yeah, from there we started hitting the ground running and you know sourcing parts and uh, we designed a lot of a lot of the stuff in house. Uh, we added one of our big uh, our big moose knuckle sandwich brush guards on on the winch bumper, so it has you know a series of LED lights in there. Uh, it has a twelve thousand pound Schmitty built winch. Uh, has four pods set up for any kind of light bar configuration off of there. Behind that, we built a custom grill for it with uh, six-inch recessed light bars. The grill looks really cool. Came out pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. we we did the color match with with the paint on it, then a, then a black uh, you know uh, vanity ring around it. Our designer Chris did a great job. You know, just uh, you know, we wanted we wanted products, and kind of our mantra is you know we build products that fit the vehicle, accentuate some aspects of it, but also add the functionality to it, you know, the winch capacities and the, and the you know, and the heavy-duty steel and stuff like that. So I think we hit our mark on it. You know, we added a rear bumper on there as well. Uh, we prototyped an adventure rack, you know, which is kind of the basis for the rear, you know, where we can add any kind of, uh, any kind of features or, or accessories down the road. And it was actually the mounting plate for, uh, for the big uh, Zodiac raft we, we, we put on top yeah, of it. Yeah, the boat that sits on the top. Yeah, that thing's pretty sweet. Yeah, that that's, uh, that that boat is durable. 
I'd say there's going to be a lot of puppies and kittens and, and stuff in those. Well, I don't think we can get a horse in there, but there'll be a lot of animals that will get rescued by that horse. It is, it is 14 feet long, so Great. it took up majority of that. I had trouble in my head with that raft because I want to... I want to do lettering down the side of the raft. Yeah. But right, the raft sits upside down on the roof. So the question is, do you do the lettering upside down <laughs> when it's been in transport or when it's in the like, water? If you can read this, flip a, it over. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that would be the difficult thing. Uh, I want to go through the bumpers. Yeah. I want to go through uh, how much, you know, uh, if, if, you want, if I wanted to do this um, to my personal vehicle, how, how much money I think that will cost. So think about that because I know <laughs> there's no like sweat. I'm not sure twet, sweat equity counts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was all blood equity or whatever it was. Right. And then, and then Pat, I want to ask you how much the wheels would have cost too. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the special vehicle that we have uh, put together for SEMA for animal rescue rigs. It's called Pause One. And if you want to actually see the vehicle, uh, you will be able to go to animalrescuerigs.com. Stay tuned. More of our auto experts with Nick Miles is on the way. It's our auto expert with Nick Miles. Uh, in the studio, we have the Cruise Brothers from Hard Notched Customs uh, USA who are talking about the vehicle that we did uh, for this year's SEMA along with Pat from Wheelcraft Northwest with a K, uh, who did the wheels and tires for the vehicle. Um, you guys, if we were to build a truck like this and buy the parts, how much would it cost? No sweat equity involved. <laughs> <laughs> it can get pretty expensive pretty quick, you know. Uh, our stuff, we feel, is a value, but, uh, you know, it's a value-added product. But, you know, it's easy to spend. You can rack up 15, 20 grand pretty quick, you know, with, without really even breaking a sweat. Um, yeah, you know, it's all, it's all value added items though. <laughs> right. And it's expensive. So apart from the bumpers yeah. and you built the frame on the back, mm -hmm. um, and the grill, yep. um, then you guys installed a really cool sliding bed at the back. Yeah. Yeah. We got together with, uh, with bed slide out of Southern Oregon and, uh, they built a great product. They're, they're, you know, kind of a family organization like we are. And, uh, we've teamed with them on a couple of different ones. Uh, Jason, he does some of our marketing with Roadhouse Media. He, he linked us up, you know, and, uh, they were, they were right there to, uh, to help us with this project. So, and so, and then Lund sent some stuff. I know there's some, some steps we haven't installed on the vehicle. They'll be on the final, final vehicle. Yep. Got some amp steps, then, uh, some, Bushwhackers. Yeah, bushwhacker, bushwhacker fender flares as well. Yeah. Yeah. The fender flares are yeah. always sort of important. I always thought fender flares would just make the car look pretty or the truck look pretty, but they, they actually, well, I guess this would be more pat yeah, thing like wheels. <laughs> but, but fender flares actually really help with, the, you know, the mud and stop stopping uh, mud getting under the wheels so much as well if the mud comes flying at the side of the vehicle. Well, um, I think it helps keep the mud off of the other guy's cars probably yeah. more than anything else, but yeah. That's the best part of an off-road truck, isn't it? The mud? it? Whenever I go to a car event around the world and we do some off-roading, it's like a competition between all the auto journalists who can get the muddiest car. Yeah, exactly. And right. For me, the best part is when all you can see is the windshield wiper marks because <laughs> you went through some deep, muddy, you know, thick river. Exactly. And you had to clear the windshield off. Pat, if I had to do the wheels... I guess we didn't talk about the lift, but the lift was, if we'd done a lift too, that would have been. Yeah, yeah, you can add that to the pile. You know, then. Uh, it's probably another 
few grand. Yep, a couple grand on that. Then uh, Catskins, we did the... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, seats. Yeah. 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 Catskins did the yeah. interior seats for us. Yep, yeah. Uh, that, that's probably another two grand or so. God, they were beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, kind of finished it off on the inside. They yeah. did a good job on the seats. We, ha- we haven't really touched the inside. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll pr- end up putting a new dash in it because once we get all the infrared and the... The the siren and the PA hasn't been fitted. That'll be done on the final vehicle. Oh yeah, it's a lot um, of cool stuff. And know. then and then it's going to be decorated on the outside, um, which we have to match the color to the wheels now. Yep. yep. <laughs> so We're Pat, committed. you actually you actually <laughs> predicted the color of the final truck by choosing the wheels because that's the one thing we can't change. Well, we could change, but we well, don't can change. change. Uh, so the truck right now is red. It's going to have a wrap on. The concept's going to have a wrap on. If a seaman that says animal rescue uh, vehicle. And then, uh, and then when we finish, it's going to go to Linex for the final vehicle, and they're going to put their ballistic stuff on. We're going to find out about that in the second hour, but they, they have a really cool product. So, Pat, if I had to put giant wheels and giant tires on this vehicle, I mean, what's the cost of that? I know you can do, you could modify somebody's wheels for, for really inexpensive, but this was kind of a big job. Right. Well, a typical just, uh, Customer comes in, want us, wants us to redo their wheels. We're anywhere from six to maybe $800 on average. And we've done some sets that are more than that. Um, this particular truck, I, we, we bought the wheels at cost from TSW and then Nexon provided us with the tires that we agreed on as a team that that's the tire that was going to go on the car. So, I mean, I have no idea how much those tires cost, to be honest with you. Um, but I'm sure a package like that could easily run retail prices, probably you know, three, four thousand dollars these right. days. Wow, that's a lot of money yeah. just for sexy, sexy wheels. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the one thing I was amazed at is I was chatting with uh, one of the guys in the building here who used to work for an auto dealer, and was telling us that uh, basically, if you every auto dealer in uh, in the Northwest uses Wheelcraft Northwest to repair their wheels. Well, in the Portland metro, at least. Oh, is it the Port- We're not in Seattle or Salem yet, but. Uh, so down in Portland, in the Portland metro area, then you're repairing all the the wheels for all of the the, the cars that come into any dealership. Many, very, very many. Yes. Yeah. And so what happens is you get a nick or a bump or a scratch in a wheel, and it's uh, called Paddock Wheelcraft. Yeah. Take you what a day to do that? Well, our mobile trucks can uh, go to retail customers or to the dealership lots. Uh, an average wheel is anywhere from. 30 to maybe 60 minutes really to do a repair uh, then it takes another little while for the paint to cure out before we can drive it around especially this time of the year now that the weather sort of turned on us i know that you showed up uh to do the, the wheels on one of my first vehicles and you just took them in the truck and sprayed them you do all right. of that in your shop now but you could show up if i have a scratch wheel you can show up in in the parking lot of my work and fix it as long as the parking lot at work allows us to work there, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it sounds like there's history there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it happens once in a while. We can't work in parking garages, and um, you know there are businesses. Because you have a trailer, right? You have to bring in. No, we have a truck that's about the size of your typical UPS truck. Okay, uh, it's, it's not a small. large de- delivery truck size vehicle. So we have to have room to park our vehicle and yours next to it, so that we can access it. And then you just pull the wheels in, you fix them up, and, uh, and then we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of scratches, I'm guessing, February, March, April. You, we see an awful lot of stuff after the winter time. sure. Um, summertimes, it's more 
parking accidents and, and big drive-throughs. Oh, do you like how he calls it accidents? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the, the, the occasional, we'll get wheels on vehicles that had to put chains on in the wintertime. Okay. And the chains rubbed on the, the face of the wheel or gravel and dirt get in between the chain. and the, So there's a lot of different reasons that wheels get scratched. I used to um, drive an ambulance uh, for, as a paramedic for EMR for seven years. And you could always tell the uh, the ambulances that had broken chains on because they had that peppering down the side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the <paint job>. That's <laughs> the chain had come too. off and taken a layer of paint off the side. <laughs> yeah. they, you know, I mean, you don't, you don't fix that. It's yeah. just too expensive to fix. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, chains, and we don't really use a lot of chains unless you go up to the, to the ski hill. We might have right. one or two days a year where you could use them. Uh, right. And, we and get, more, more vehicles are coming up with those uh, spider kind of chains. Kind of clip onto the wheel, or I'm glad because chains uh, something that defeats me. <laughs> I've had I've had chains before that you just took an hour to put on. Oh, yeah. It just and then you know you're in all wheel drive vehicle on which wheels you put them on. So that's always uh, it's different for every every manufacturer recommends something slightly different. My favorite thing about that is to watch people uh, put the chains on their rear wheels in a front wheel drive vehicle. It makes me smile. Oh, you know, it's front wheel drive, yeah. right? And <laughs> chains on the rear. <laughs> it slows you down a little bit. It yep. Stops you going too fast in the ice. Safety first. Uh, all right, so the vehicle's going to be on display at SEMA. Um, there, I mean, there is a million and one different stages for these things with, with these vehicles. The normal turnaround, guys, for doing a bumper if someone walks into your shop by the time it's done, what do you think? Uh, we average about four to five weeks. And, and you actually have to basically take a piece of steel and start cutting the second that you come up with a design, right? Yeah, Every, everything's completely custom, so nothing ever leaves the same. Uh, from beginning to end, do you do you have sort of pre-designed vehicles out there you can take them and show them where you could do this, you could do that, or you just show them pictures on the website? Yeah, we got a pretty good stock and you know, and run it through the shop most of the time. And then we have a really good photo library, you know, that we can, you know, kind of point them in the right direction. You know, I, I notice on your website you have furniture. It's a couple pieces. <laughs> it's just like uh, I've got a half an hour. I'm gonna make a make a coffee table out of the bumper. Uh, we just got done helping a friend build a bar out. It's all steel on the inside. Really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th that. Th how do you get it into the bar? Oh, that was a feat. It was. <laughs> <laughs> you crane it through the roof. We were right there. We were right there. A couple inches to, of spare. Yeah, right. we were trying to jam it through the door. Big old tap wall and <laughs> so so when you put the bumpers on how i mean are you you winching them on nope uh you know we've seen people kind of come up with all kinds of creative ways you know people have used motor motor hoist and uh uh like forklifts and stuff like that we when we have our installers though we kind of build a special cradle you know a little hydraulic air over hydraulic cradle that kind of puts them all up but it bolts right up to factory you know it's 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 not too bad you know a couple buddies and and a couple Open end wrenches and sockets, and you're pretty good to go. Do you, uh, when new vehicles come out, like so, we're going to see probably the Jeep Scrambler at LA Auto Show coming up this year, where they're going to show the new Jeep truck. It, do you, you guys rush down there and get the dimensions? We've got a pretty good relationship with a lot of the new car dealerships and stuff like that. Um, you know, where they'll kind of put one away for us and let us, you know, take it apart and play around with it for a few days <laughs> we're also uh an oem uh, aftermarket provider for a lot of these manufacturers so we get actually 
like factory drawings and stuff that sometimes we can actually get ahead where we'll actually have it all prototyped and, and designed and even fit together before the vehicle's out. You know, then once we get our hands on it, we can get it in there and do the final fitment on it. You can CAD it out because yep. they've sent you the dimensions. Exactly. Yeah, we do all of our work in solid. We're all our engineering in SolidWorks and stuff like that. So it's all 3D renderings and it just provides that level of, uh, you know, fitment and, and quality, you know, because we have to work around specs, you know, and, and vehicle specs, you know, mostly, you know, plus or minus six mils, you know, so it can be a pretty substantial amount where we got to try to find that sweet spot of what works, but also what fits. Oh, God, I can't imagine what it was like if it didn't fit when you'd finished it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially because we ship all over the country, you know, so it's like we need to make sure that the guys in Alaska who's going to get their bumper, it's going to slap right on there, and he's not going to have an issue and be like, hey, dude, you know, <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> it's not like Ikea furniture where you can just tell them you're putting it together wrong. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, it's interesting. This it's, We've been through a lot putting this truck together. Like, there's been a lot of dark days when it was hard work and things weren't working the way. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in the SEMA vehicle. And just talking to other manufacturers, like, I, I was on the phone to one recently uh guys at fca and they and i was saying you know they were saying you're not as lively as you normally i said oh you have no idea like <laughs> this sema vehicle is really exhausting me and and nothing's working the way it should work and they said are, are you done and i was like well i, th I think i mean as as much as they said oh i'll, I'll get finished the night before <laughs> so i actually think even though this is a really right. painful yeah. pain, you know long run for us i mean and the vehicle had to go several places around the country oh, yeah. so they go from the northwest it had to head to san diego and then it's going back to la it would go back to la to be wrapped and then go to las vegas for the sema show we're actually ahead of the curve because yeah. a lot of people like Hey, my bumpers don't fit. <laughs> I've got 24 hours before this car is on display in front of 160,000 people. But even through those darkest hours, you guys were pretty calm. You didn't, you didn't. I can't give it to Joel on that one. Well, Joel, I mean, yeah, I talk yeah, to Joel mostly, yeah, but, yeah. but like, he, you were pretty calm. I was calm. Matt, at his times that he got all riled up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is Matt back to the shop tossing stuff around? You know, like. is, is Matt the one that gets excited first? He does. He does, for sure. Yeah. Do you throw stuff? Uh, I'll get right there. <laughs> we got a lot of shop guys, you know, in the shop where, you know, like I kind of have to bridle it down. You know, I can't be. You know, can't be losing it. Yeah, in front of I can't the be losing my, Yeah, exactly. You gotta you know, keep your cool, exactly. calm boss exterior. No, but I'll I'll go to Joel's office and shut the door and, and scream my. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Kenny on South by. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get it out of here. Lock it up. <laughs> All right. When we come back in the next portion of the show, we're going to get to talk to some of the other people that worked on the truck. Mike Cordell is going to join us. He's the other half of our auto expert, and he's going to tell us about things that are upcoming on the truck. Wendy Orphan from Nissan is going to tell us about the truck itself. That's as we talk about our SEMA truck right here on our auto expert. More of Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is Our Auto Expert. If you're just joining us for the second hour of the show, we are talking about a vehicle that has taken about a year to produce. It is the animal rescue rig known as Paws One. Uh, this vehicle is uh, has been quite a labor of love. Labor being the main word there. Uh, the Cruz brothers are from Hard Notched Customs in the studio, along with Pat from Wheelcraft. And uh, joining us on the phone is Mike Cordell. Now, you, 
you should know at this point that Mike is the other half of uh, our auto expert. Um, Mike is in Southern California, and uh, Mike, uh, you will be at SEMA as well this week. I will be at SEMA, and in fact, I am actually at SEMA right now. Just arrived in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm literally pulling in on the 15 freeway right now, so it's uh, it's go time a day early. Are you driving your Bronco? I must tell the truth. Uh, labor of love, I am driving the Bronco. In the last 48 hours, I have uh, experienced one flat tire with blowout. Uh, one door that was not painted correctly, and just received my first $300 speeding ticket. Oh, boo! I didn't realize that their Bronco <laughs> went that fast, but uh, okay. The, here's the, the interesting part is, um, so you're experiencing the SEMA difficulties just like every other company who's trying to get their car ready for the big show. Uh, your Bronco is the second year for that in SEMA, but more importantly, it'll be the first time that you'll get to see the animal rescue rig uh, available. Um, so the animal rescue rig is going to be at SEMA here with a wrap, but then uh, once it's done at SEMA, we're going to take it over to Linex, right? And they're going to put on a special coating on the vehicle. That's correct. And, you know, I want to step back, Nick, to, to the way you started the segment, and it was uh, labor of love, and then you hit on the word labor. Um but we do this because we love it, right? So we're, we're like kids in a candy store. We get a chance to play and tinker around with cars. And what's really cool about the Pause One vehicle, and hats off to, to Pat and especially Joel for taking a uh, point on this. Uh, these vehicles are really hard to put together. And you're dealing with deadlines, and you are dealing with, parts that you're trying to source from different companies and it becomes frustrating and at the same time we're all trying to sustain our daily lives and work our normal jobs but at the same time get these vehicles built and ready for a show like FEMA. So you asked about Linex and yes we will have Linex put on the vehicle and after speaking with the corporate folks over there you know it should normally take uh, a couple days to get it put on the vehicle but it really takes, in theory, I mean, it takes a couple of days, but in practicality, it could take two two to three weeks. Oh, I'm losing you, Mike. That's what happens when you have a Bronco. He has so much padding on the inside of the Bronco that uh, <laughs> that uh, you can't hear, you, you probably can't hear us in there. Uh, we lost we lost Mike there just for a second. Uh, I'm sure we'll get him back in in a second though too. Uh, maybe we can get the the guys in the control room to try and uh, call him back as well. Um, he this Bronco he always he likes to pick his kids up from school. Oh, there you go. We lost you for a second. You're back again, I'm, Mike. I'm here. Okay. I've been here. No, I have been here the whole time. Well, you know, you haven't been there for us, though. That's the truth. You haven't been there for us. Oh. Uh, so let's. So you, let's pick up. You said it normally takes. Uh, it normally takes up to two or three weeks to do a vehicle like this. For for Linux, it'll take a couple weeks because you have to get the vehicle fully disassembled, prepped and prepped means primering the current paint because it needs something to adhere to. And then you have to get it in and sprayed, and you have to be very meticulous about it because if you overspray, you run the risk of damaging something else on the vehicle, and then it takes time to cure, which I learned yesterday when I decided to put my big left-hand paw on the side of the door to close <laughs> it, and it was still tacky. So, so, uh, so uh, just 
I know that they're, that they'll they'll do a great job at Linex, but don't please don't get any uh, any Linex on any of the hard notch customs or the wheels. <laughs> these guys will be make sure we don't do that. You know, these guys will be uh, you know Matt and Joel will be just like banging their head against the wall, and Pat will be going, "Wait a second, <laughs> I, I custom painted those wheels, and you got Linex material on them." Uh, yeah. This Linux material uh, they're going to put on, and Linux has some pretty amazing materials on the exterior of their vehicles. Well, what's interesting about Linux is that it's a company that will be celebrating its 25th anniversary here at the SEMA show this year with two vehicles that are kind of representative of the old school and the new school, one being Jesse James, the other being the Diesel Brothers, both building Ram trucks. But their product and most people are starting to hear the name Linex more and more, even though they've been around for 25 years. It's a spray and bed liner product that's now been able to be thinned out and used as a source of uh, exterior coating, which is like what I've done to the Bronco, more importantly, what we'll do to the pause vehicle. But the real question and answer is what will Linex do to support that pause one vehicle? And it'll provide a protective barrier. It'll prevent the vehicle from being dented. It's used as blast mitigation in the U.S. military. So it's a really cool, durable product that has a lot of science engineered into it. And once they spray it on the Pause One Tundra, uh, it's going to look incredible. Titan, sorry. It'll look incredible with the way it looks. They'll be able to match colors uh, to any which specification we want. The, uh, there's a test, I think, that Linux do where they can hit the side of the vehicle with a baseball bat. Is that right? They did that in New York a few years ago, but closer to you guys up there in Portland is a military testing facility just outside of the city where Linex sent all of its military team uh, up there to test against blast mitigation. So you see this product sprayed under military vehicles. It's sprayed on dilapidating bridges to uh, keep them from falling apart. It's on the Pentagon uh, and a variety of other uh, high-profile locations. Now, the other things, uh, you know, you worked hard, uh, Mike, from for sourcing for this vehicle. Uh, we we were talking to Pat earlier on, and he talked about when he had uh, worked out what wheels to put on there, uh, Nexon provided the tires. Uh, why, why are the Nexon tires uh, good for the Pause 1 vehicle that perhaps may be going into water or uh, really muddy areas? That's a great question. So Nexon is new into the off-road market, and I think they've been sitting by kind of watching companies like Toyo Tire, BFG, Mickey Thompson kind of create the niche for the market in the off-road category. But they came up with a compound that's not as soft as Toyo and not as hard as a BFG where they have a little bit better uh, sticking power, if you will. So the, the wheels uh, in adverse situations will grip a little bit better. Uh, than some of the other vehicles. They utilize the sidewall a little deeper than some of the other tread patterns. So it comes down the sidewall a little bit deeper, provides side-to-side side side traction as well. My, uh, Mike, uh, we're gonna, I think it's great tires. I'm crashing into the commercial break here, but uh, if you want to see those tires and you want to see the vehicle, you can go to uh, Animal Rescue Rigs. It'll have pictures of the vehicle up there. You can see the tires and the Linux spray eventually. More auto expert with Nick Miles is on the way. He's Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert. Welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we've been talking about the animal rescue rig truck that's been uh, part of our life for the year in the studio. The Cruz brothers and uh, Pat from uh, they're from Hard Notched Customs. Uh, you can find them at hncusa.com and Pat from Wheelcraft. What's your website, Pat? 
It's www.wheelcraft, W-H-E-E-L-K-R-A-F-T. NW.com. All right, there you go. And you can go see uh, some of, of their work. Uh, but we also wanted to get, uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have been able to start this vehicle without uh, something to work on uh, from the very beginning. And uh, that was offered by Nissan. Uh, and Wendy is uh, joining us from Nissan. Wendy, uh, you allowed us to uh, deface one of your trucks. I'd like to think of it as you giving it a special purpose. <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to have a fantastic purpose. We've been talking about this truck for the whole show. So why does the Titan make the perfect blank canvas to uh, to make a rescue vehicle? You know, for so many reasons. Um, first of all, the vehicle itself is just incredibly durable and capable, and we love any opportunity to showcase um, what it can do for consumers as a canvas um, to whatever their lifestyle or needs are. Um, but also, it's very fitting that it be a Titan because of um, really what Titan stands for. We just launched a, a new campaign about, about three weeks ago uh, called Calling All Titans um, that acknowledge this discovery we've had about the kinds of people that drive Nissan Titans and really, quite frankly, a, a through line to even who Nissan is as a company, um, which is that the people who are involved with Titan are very concerned about making the world um, better than they found it, be that um, giving back to their communities or neighborhoods or the outdoors. Um, so we launched a Calling All Titans uh, campaign that acknowledges everyday heroes and, and how they're utilizing their trucks to, uh, to help you know, be it that their neighbors or rescuing pets or the Red Cross or something much more formal. Um, so it's, uh, it's it's very fitting that the pet rescue, that's pause one, be, um, be started as a Titan. I noticed that you have a lot of Titans that you've done really cool things with. I mean, you have a Titan that you you built into a, to towing a smoker. So, you know, you could have like smoked meats everywhere and you've had a surf camp Titan. And is there pretty much anything you can't do with one? No, I, well, I have yet to find something we can't do with one, which has been one of the coolest parts of my job has been just dreaming up what our next Titan will be. I think my favorite thing about pickup trucks is that they, um, no one drives a truck um, just for basic transportation. You own a pickup because of the lifestyle it allows you to live. And there's just so many interesting ways that people take trucks um, to go live their passions. And so we've had everything from a barbecue truck to an ultimate beach surf camp truck, Titan Surf Camp, we called it. We've had overlanding vehicles, um, just lots of different expressions of how you can take your Titan and use it in this, these, you know, ultimate ways to live your lifestyle one of the things and i know that other truck manufacturers are going to hate me for this but one of the things <laughs> that is sort of an advantage for you but a disadvantage for you you know the other truck companies is the fact that when the consumer reports came out with their list of most reliable brands uh, unfortunately all the american brands are at the bottom and uh, the, the japanese brands like nissan were uh, in the top half so uh, durability yeah. wise the titan is uh, really made to last right Absolutely. So we're really proud of the quality, reliability, and durability of the truck. Um, and certainly seeing that acknowledged um, by Consumer Reports and others is always um, wonderful. But um, but I know the Titan is still somewhat new to a lot of consumers. And so we, we go one step further with that commitment to quality and reliability in that um, we offer a five-year, 100,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty on every Titan we sell. Um, and most of our competitors, if not all of them, are at three years and 30 
36,000 miles. So we've got you covered, and, and you can have confidence in your Titan for two years longer than the competition, which I think really is putting our money where our mouth is. I like that because the last thing I like to do is spend a year building in a really amazing truck uh, with some really amazing partners uh, like uh, Hard Notch Customs and Wheelcraft and Nixon and Linex and everybody Lund uh, that have put you know put some time and effort into it. Don't need to have the vehicle not you know last because we're intending that this vehicle should get wet and muddy and nasty. I was saying at the beginning of the show that my favorite off-road vehicle is the one that you can just see the two windscreen wiper wash. Uh, <laughs> yeah. track marks in and they're covered in mud. Although I don't know with a six and a half inch lift that uh, the the boys from Hard Notch put on there, it may not even get close enough to the water to get to, <laughs> to, to get muddy. Uh, if people want to see it and they're heading to SEMA, uh, which where's the Nissan booth in SEMA? How do they find find the truck to visit? You know, we are outside in one of the um, outdoor booth areas and Nissan has a really uh, fun space. Um, I will have to dig up the booth number, um, but I think it's going to be great for people to come out and see. Um, we have quite a, a wide range of vehicles in the booth, everything from um, some a really, really exciting 370Zs to our new Kicks to, of course, um, your Titan Pause 1 and our Red Cross Titan, um, which is all fitting in the, the philosophy of of um, calling all titans and everyday heroes. What, what's the what's the idea for Nissan to be at SEMA? Because uh, you you know SEMA tends to be sort of a very much of an aftermarket uh, show for people who have a lot of parts. But for a manufacturer to be there is the idea that you can show the capability, the possibility, the breadth of what you can possibly do with with a vehicle. Is that sort of what you're showing off? Is that the main theme of the Nissan booth? Absolutely. I think that the greatest thing about SEMA is just the opportunity, yeah, to showcase that we make vehicles that that can hopefully trigger the imagination and, and people will walk up and think, oh my gosh, who knew that was that started out as a Nissan Kicks or as a regular Titan pickup. Um, and it gives just, it, you have carte blanche at a place place like SEMA to really go wild with the imagination and see all the possibilities of what you could do. And I think it's really fun to just um, provide a showcase of some of the imaginative and creative things that have been done using Nissan products. Um, and I think that's what we're hoping to do is just to have um, a lot of interesting and, and, um, and creative thought-provoking concepts that will help people get excited about the idea of starting their future build uh, with one of our Nissan products. It's kind of a tough deal, isn't it, to to come enter into a come you know country that basically the top three selling vehicles are trucks. To come in with with a truck is really hard to gain gain any ground. And Nissan have done a pretty good job at that. I mean, the Titan's got an awful lot of attention uh, for reliability and durability, but it's it's actually a growing percentage of the market. I notice when the sales figures come out for these trucks each month, uh, you guys are actually gaining market share, which is obviously the thing that you want to do, right? Absolutely. Yeah, September was our strongest, uh, second strongest sales month since we launched. Um, so we're definitely um, feeling some wind in our sales right now. And it's exciting to see more and more Titans on the road. Just a few minutes ago, in fact, I was driving um, 
I was driving home and I had a Titan Midnight Edition um, stop and let me in and I was thrilled to see Florida plates on it and know that was a consumer car and it's just neat to see them on the road with more regularity. Uh, it is a tough market, but I think uh, we have found um, a, a unique customer that's looking for something different, for, that's looking for something that that is a really good value. Um, and I think when you start digging into how much truck you get for your money and particularly when you factor in the quality and the warranty message that we have to offer at Titan, we're really striking a chord with people and more and more folks are realizing that, that if they're willing to give us a look, we've got a, a hell of a lot of truck to offer them. So brand new Titan doing really well. When's the new Frontier coming? <laughs> you know, I can't tell you that. <laughs> what? You know, and here's... Here's the thing about Frontier. I love that truck. Speaking of quality and reliability, that is one of the most reliable products that we make, and people absolutely love the Frontier. It is really amazing to me to see um, month after month sales increases, even though it's been out for 13, 14 years now, um, and yet it continues to gain. Um, people love the fact that when when our competitors have redesigned their small their mid-size pickups, um, they've gotten bigger and bigger. And so if you look at the competitive set for the Frontier, they're all almost the size that your your half-ton truck was in 2009, for example. Wendy. You know, they keep getting bigger. And the Frontier remains a garageable, true mid-size pickup, and it really stands in a very unique space right now. And so it, it's one of the, it's a fan favorite. We love it. Wendy Orthman from Nissan, thanks. And our auto expert will be right back. Stay tuned for more of our auto expert with Nick Miles is on the way. Welcome to the Fast Lane. Our auto expert with Nick Miles continues. In studio with us on this episode of our auto expert is the Cruise Brothers from Hard Notched Customs USA and uh, Pat from Wheelcraft Northwest. Uh, put together the Pause One truck. Uh, it's it's finally kind of together. I mean, I, I just told Wendy Orthman on the phone after we got off the air with her just a few minutes ago that this animal rescue rig truck that we put together, and by the way, you'll be able to see pictures of it at animalrescuerigs.com, or you can uh, you can probably go to ourautoexpert.com and see pictures of it uh, when, when it's finally revealed. Uh, would you guys ever go through this again? Because it was... It, I feel like we've done this three times together, and each time it was it was as painful. We just forget after it's over. Oh yeah, we forget how much work it was, right? <laughs> we forget those moments when you call me and go. By the way, I called you two weeks ago asking this question. You haven't returned my call. I'm putting a finger at myself right now <laughs> because yeah. I, you know, I was. I mean, here's one of the things: is you just get so busy and you think, ah, seem as three months away, and then it's three weeks away, and now it's thirty six hours away. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, what is is this like? This is the third one we've done. Do we think we haven't learned our lesson by now? I think this is just the way it goes. You know, like every year, you know, with all the ones we we do it, it's always down to the wire. Like you're either you're waiting for the UPS guy to drop off that last piece that needs to be coded and da da da. You know, like it kind of was the same. Yeah, like it's it comes with the territory. I so think. I, I spent most of my time talking to Joel throughout the process, yeah. and you were pretty calm. Yeah. I mean, you. I know you were frustrated because <laughs> things didn't work out the way, the way you wanted them to. But you were you were pretty calm. So, uh, but you, it's it's your brother that loses his temper, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, well, I I stay calm. Matt likes to come in all riled up and let me know what he's feeling. Was it like that as kids? <laughs> when you were, did, when you started, I'm sure you worked on projects as kids together. You started modifying cars and stuff. 
Yeah, we've always been playing in the garage. Um, uh, it's as we as we've gotten older and had children of our own. I think it's kind of like we've had to develop tactics to 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 not shut the doors every time we get in a fight. You know, like it's no, one hundred percent. Just you know, we we try to start the next day on a clean s- straight. It's just yeah, it's a new start. Yeah, exactly. Every day's an, every day's a new one. You know, and you know we might slam the door in each other's face and tell them to go. Blank off, you know, on the way out the door as we're getting into our trucks. You know, we we try to, you know, next day is a new new day. Yeah, we have coffee and we're smiling again. Yeah, exactly. And it's all for the common good. You know, we're we're trying to, you know, grow our business and provide great products at great prices for people. You know, and sometimes we have to step back with our own egos and and do what it takes. You know, to to do it. So, and and I thought that Pat was like completely the calm one, but he's like, no. <laughs> when, I lose it sometimes, sure. yeah, when, I, when I lose it sometimes, do you throw stuff, Matt? Well, I got over that after I broke a few things. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like having to repair something because of your own anger. Kind of stuff. So, yeah, I kind of got over that. But Would you do it again? Would you build another SEMA vehicle? Oh, sure. The wheels and tires. I don't have to worry about the other stuff. Yeah. So that's the biggest part for us on this one was just uh, making sure that we knew what the plan was kind of going in. So we could, you know, you said earlier that we picked the, the colors, and I actually didn't pick colors for sure, for sure, until I got to see the seat covers. Yeah. From, uh, from Catskin. Catskin. Yeah. So once I saw the red and white on the, on the patches, that's when we picked the colors, because we were going to go with a yellow and maroon or something at the beginning, and we were having a hard time fitting those colors onto wheels right. and really have them turn out sharp. As soon as I saw red and white with the black background, I knew it was going to be a... And by the time we get to 15 or 16 vehicles down the road, we'll have this whole process down. Oh, yeah. We know. Well, look, from from the bottom of my heart and from the heart of every animal that we're going to save in a natural disaster, I want to thank you guys um, because I think you've done an absolutely stellar job. If you're uh, at SEMA... Please go to the Nissan booth and see the vehicle. It's an outstanding piece of machinery that uh, these guys have put together. And uh, the wheels, the tires, the bumpers, the the bed slider, the raft on the top, the flashing lights, uh, it all comes together in a package. Uh, the vehicle will be making its tour around auto shows in the United States, so you'll get a chance to see it. It'll be at the Nissan booths. And let's hope that uh, we will be able to put notches on the door for how many uh, animals that have been saved because of this. Definitely. The only thing we haven't worked out, and I'm going to have to talk to you guys after we get off the air about this, is where we're going to house all those animals that we save. But hopefully you have some some room at your places. I thought that was somebody else's. (laughs) I'm here for two. (laughs) Well, all right. I'll put you down. Uh, Right now, I'm putting you down for two. I want to change gears a little bit here and uh, talk to the guy that we get a chance to talk to every single week. Uh, joining us on the phone is our independent analyst and uh, investor, Anton Woolman. Uh, Anton, we're going to uh, get to you in just a second. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Before we do, I just want to remind everybody that uh, if you want to see the Animal Rescue Rig, you can go to animalrescuerigs.com. You can get an idea of the vehicle there. Uh, the pictures will be finally put up on the vehicle once it is revealed. Uh, we're trying to keep everything under a silk because the silk is kind of the big revealing um, we've and I think these guys have actually seen pictures of it um, the final thing I will also tell you <laughs> 
guess what? I have never seen the truck. I've only seen pictures. I've never seen it in real life. So it's, it's better gonna, in real life. Yeah, it's 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 going to be really big. It's going to be really really big for me um, to be able to see it in real life. Um, and then once it's been seen, yeah, if you want to see what some of the work you can do, you can go to Pat's website, with Wheelcraft Northwest. You can go to Hard Notch Customs website and see it there. You can see the great uh, work these guys do on the vehicles. This is some meaty truck, by the way. Right in your face. Thanks, guys. And the animals, thank you, too. More of Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles is coming up. It's Our Auto Expert with Nick Miles. All right, the part of the show where we get to talk about all the shenanigans that are going on in the car business. Anton Woolman joining us, independent investor and analyst. Seeking Alpha is where you can read most of Anton's stuff. So, Anton, uh, Tesla pushing back the uh, the vehicle, uh, or the, sorry, Tesla are pushing their software up so the vehicle could be uh, possibly fully autonomous in the in the future. They're getting closer to having a self driving mode. Is that uh, that story that uh, Tech Radar? is talking about real or uh, is are they still far behind well in principle every automaker is taking steps that are taking them closer and closer to an eventual potential situation where we can arrive at a driverless vehicle but uh, tesla is nowhere close to this and neither is frankly almost anybody else it's easy to say that you're getting closer when you're you can handle maybe 99% of the situations, but that just basically means that you're in a one in a hundred Russian roulette and nobody uh, with the same mind would like to be in the midst of such a one in a hundred Russian roulette. So we are several decimal points away from any automaker, Tesla or otherwise, to take us around in a situation where we are a blind 100-year-old person sleeping in the back seat. And um, Tesla is, you know, many years away from this, but they would like to dangle the carrot, saying that, you know, just wait one more hardware rev here and a few more iterations of the software, and we are going to arrive at the promised land. You may recall that it was almost exactly to the day Two years ago, in the second half of October 2016, when Tesla said that they uh, had now achieved the state where the hardware in every single Tesla was ready for, quote, full self-driving. And in the very first sentence that Elon Musk mentioned in the in the press conference, he specifically referred to level five, which is truly driverless, you know, where there's no person in the car whatsoever. And uh, two years later, they have, first of all, revised the computer hardware in the vehicle once and now announced that by June of next year, they will revise it once again. And there is no specific timeline that they are promising anymore for, quote, true self-driving. And it was only a little over a week ago, some almost two weeks ago now, that they essentially stopped being able uh, to order uh, full self-driving as a prepaid software update. You might recall that if you paid an extra $3,000 up front, you were basically going to save on the eventual cost of getting that uh, glorious software update that they had been dangling like the finest of carrots here for the last two years. But they even took away that ability for the consumer now. And uh, I think that uh, probably pressure from federal authorities uh, 
was put on them saying you can't really uh, promise a feature here that hasn't really been developed yet. It, it seems like I'm not always getting the truth out of this Musk guy. I'm like, I, I'm confused about what he's telling me. Is it true or is it not true? And maybe this is why he's hiring a private Navy SEAL and SWAT tactical team to be on his beck and call when he needs them. Is this really true? Is he doing this? Yeah, well, they put out a job ad on uh, LinkedIn uh, via their head of security, who is a former Navy SEAL guy, asking for uh, SWAT people and former uh, tactical military people that who are who would be ready to be deployed on very short notice to mysterious areas in California and Nevada. I swear it sounds like a science movie, but uh, you know, you talk about. Uh, uh, El Chapo or somebody like that having some minor private army to be deployed for strange and unexplained reasons. I mean, this has got to take the cake. That on the other hand, you said, you know, what about uh, all of these uh, sanctions that somebody can be faced with if they say things that are a little shady? But you might recall here that it was just on Friday evening, not even 48 hours ago, that somebody asked Elon Musk on Twitter whether he basically regretted having sent out these crazy tweets of uh, there being funding secured for his go-private transaction that existed only in, in his own uh, imagination. And he basically said, uh, he said, quote, it was worth it. <laughs> so $20 million dollars for one tweet. That's an expensive yeah, it tweet. Was worth it. it was worth it. It was worth it. $20 million for him, $20 million for the company, grand total of a $40 million check. Ah, it was worth it. A no problem. A Tesla uh, making any grounds in, in financing? I know that uh, they had a big financial report. Well, they uh, reported a $312 million profit on revenue of almost $7 billion for the quarter, which was a number that was better than uh, I think almost every optimistic uh, thinker had out there. We have not yet received, however, the, all, the full details on the accounting of how they achieved this profit because expenses were mysteriously low. Typically, when you increase the sales volume by about 70%, some costs tend to rise for all sorts of natural reasons. Those costs don't fall. And uh, the company has until November 9th to file with the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, a more detailed description of what any one-time benefit that they may have stuffed into this number or not. So whether it will be in this document or not, in previous quarters we have found all sorts of gremlins in this document that made their financials not look as good as they did at the moment when they issued that first press uh, release, which is what they did here on Wednesday. So let's await that document so we can study it and dissect the numbers and look at the footnotes. And we should have that no later than November 9th. And I think at that point, we can start to perhaps render the verdict as to whether this profit number of $312 million was uh, real or whether it was not. And even now, the Tesla Model 3 is getting cheaper, though, isn't it? That's right. So what happened was that on Friday evening, uh, Tesla said that, well, if you order the performance version of the Model 3, which is essentially the all-wheel drive version where you have them unlocked some additional horsepower via software, 
you can get for an extra five thousand dollars. I think it's like nights or brakes and tires and a couple of more little items. I think it's like carbon fiber, spoiler, and so forth. And uh, they basically said, look, that extra five thousand dollars for those goodies, nah, it just comes with it. Okay, so you just get it. So that upset greatly all of the people that had been taking deliveries starting back in July of this uh, performance version in the Model Three, who paid. The full extra five thousand dollars plus, of course, they had put a one thousand deposit dollar deposit down as long as two years prior, and had waited a long time. These were the earliest enthusiasts, biggest supporters of the company, and now they feel uh, cheated a bit. So uh, there was a big scramble late Friday evening and on until uh, Saturday morning by Elon Musk and, and so forth to. Uh, to try to uh, put the mayo back in the tube on this thing and then try to make amends and say that they would either either refund this money or give people free supercharging for life. So speaking of the accounting for the quarter, if you give $5,000 back to everybody who bought a car in the third quarter, let me guess, how does that impact the profit statement? Just that alone, spread that $5,000 over some portion of the 56,000 Model 3 vehicles that they actually delivered in the third quarter. Just that promise alone to repay that back, well, well, well. Let's see what gremlins emerge in this financial document that they have to file by November 9th based on this walking back alone. High school math doesn't seem to work out so well when you do Elon. So I think he's a higher math that hasn't even been invented yet. I just, I don't understand how he can actually get away with uh, saying all of these things. And yet, I, and I guess he gets away with it by paying $20 million fines. But he, uh, I'm, I'm just not sure how his mouth uh, keeps up with his wallet. Let's turn to other news now. Volkswagen uh, looking at launching uh, new vehicles. Yeah, so uh, Volkswagen announced at a big event in Amsterdam here on Thursday that they're coming out with their smallest SUV ever. This will be launched all over the world. It's a global launch, and in their definition of global, that includes essentially every country on Mother Earth except the United States and Canada. So the car will be made in Spain and I believe also in China, and this is a very attractive, very, very small SUV, the smallest one possible, uh, and I, I think it'll sell uh, uh, extremely well everywhere it will be offered. But sadly, we here in the United States, as well as our Canadian neighbors to the north, will not be getting this particular vehicle, which is very sad because I think this would be uh, uh, flying off the shelves if we had uh, availability of it here. Uh, big news from General Motors, but it seems to upset, uh, have upset a lot of investors. Well, what they did, General Motors came out on Friday saying that they uh, proposed that the federal government should mimic a version of what California and a few other states have agreed to do between them, which is to force the car company to sell a certain percentage of their vehicle as being zero emissions vehicles. That could mean either pure battery electric or it could mean hydrogen fuel cell. And for all intents and purposes and practical scenarios here that really means pure battery electric or at least for the next handful of years because hydrogen is just too expensive so uh, they're basically uh, uh, backing a proposal whereby the federal government mandates that by we uh, we get to a mandate of 25% of all new cars sold by 2030 must be uh, essentially battery electric and or hydrogen uh, fuel cell vehicles and uh, that is very strange because that is going to put enormous 
a pressure on the profitability, not just of on GM itself, but if adopted also on almost every other automaker, because if the consumers don't want to buy 25% of the vehicle mixed uh, being these types of vehicles, then of course, uh, uh, that is those vehicles will have to be sold at a huge loss, and that is going to impact profitability dramatically of these automakers. So I'm really mystified as to why GM would propose such a thing. It's really a punch in the gut against their own shareholders. Nissan now sells more Leafs cars uh, in the Norway and Canada combined than in all of the U.S. The Leaf not the biggest yeah, seller for them? Tabulating. Yeah, I was just tabulating all of Nissan's Leaf sales uh, month by month in each of their major geographies, which is, of course, their home market in Japan and the United States and Europe as a whole, and then Norway, which is a very large percentage of the European market and Canada. And, and, and to my great surprise, I saw that if you just add up two countries, Norway and Canada, that sales number exceeds that of the U.S. sales number for the Leafs to the tune of, I think it was approximately 30%. So in the last few months, sales of the Nissan Leaf has really taken up like a rocket, mostly in Europe and in Canada. And of course, in the United States, the Nissan Leaf sales are a bit muted. So uh, you can really see here what uh, what enormous uh, discrepancy there are in terms of the, the geographic sales numbers. And the United States is not really a big market for the Leaf, whereas uh, Norway and Canada alone those two are really the big ones right now aside from the japanese home market if you're a ford shareholder you'd be very happy with the profits right well a billion dollars a quarter was certainly a lot better than the doomsday scenarios that you might have uh, seen that on, on about tuesday or so of, of, of this week the stock reached a multi-year low about, a, about as low as it has been in about a decade and uh, when they posted this number, as well as reiterated their strategy of uh, uh, getting rid of most of their cars in favor of SUVs, crossovers, and trucks, and going to uh, new powertrains, including hybrids, uh, plug-in hybrids, and pure electric vehicles, Good. the stock shot up about 10%. Yeah, excellent for them. All right, Anton Woolman, you can uh, read his stuff at SeekingAlpha.com. He is an independent investor and analyst. Anton, thank you, as always, for joining us. And I want to also thank... Uh, Joel and uh, Matt and the Cruise Brothers from Hard Notch Customs, uh, Pat from Wheelcraft. If you want to see this beautiful uh, Nissan Titan uh, Pause One, the car that has been created, the truck that has been created to rescue animals, uh, the pictures will be posted at Our Auto Expert and at AnimalRescueRigs.com. And if you feel like getting involved in the next build and taking some pressure off everybody who did this one, I'm sure you could send them a message at Animal Rescue Rigs. We'll be back next week. The show is 24-7 at OurAutoExpert.com.